Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rural Spark. As usual, I'm your host, Helen Murphy, only this time I'm reporting in with a head cold, so hopefully our sound today isn't too awful. As many of you know, we frequently explore issues around rural health care in Canada because, of course, there are so many pressing challenges. One of them relates to the aging of our population and the struggle to fill health care positions. That includes trained staff for nursing homes across Canada, both in urban and rural areas. And we found an innovative solution at a long-term care facility in Nova Scotia that we wanted to share today. Lisa Smith of Glenhaven Manor in Pictou County traveled to Kenya to interview candidates living in refugee camps. And the results have been nothing short of amazing. So we're pleased to have Lisa, CEO of the facility, on the podcast this morning to share the story. Hello, Lisa, and welcome to Rural Spark. Thank you so much. Good morning. Um, Lisa, before we get into this interesting story about recruiting from a refugee camp, can you tell us a little bit about Pictou County and uh, in particular Glenhaven Manor? Sure. We actually like to say that Pictou County is a community of communities and we are located in northern Nova Scotia and on the east coast of Canada. And I think what we like to say the most about Pictou County is that our community has such a great sense of community pride and spirit with people who are very generous, talented and hardworking. And in Pictou County, we have a strong sense of leadership as well as entrepreneurship and many creative small and mid-sized businesses who work here. Certainly we have natural beauty. We like to think that our waterways, rivers, lakes, harbors, and certainly our beaches are rated as some of the best in Canada. Picturesque trails, historic streetscapes, and certainly lots of architecture that represents our long heritage. So what role does Glenhaven Manor play in that area? Well, we actually are a fair size employer in Pictou County. We have 300 employees and we also provide care and well-being to 202 residents and their families, as well as we have 20 tenants who live in assisted living. So certainly we would like to think that we are um, very important in our community because we touch most people in some way. Some people might know the Pictou County area because I, I think you're famous for warm beaches there in the summertime, which not all areas on the East Coast are. And full disclosure, I was born and raised in Pictou, so I do have a little bit of a bias there. But I, I think folks might be able to visualize it as that's where the Gulf Stream comes and settles in with nice warm water that comes to your area, your coastline there on the Thumberland Shore, and of course, Prince Edward Island as well. Certainly, yes. We have great beaches and they are warm. So I understand that you were among a number of organizational leaders that were invited to get together to learn about a pilot project that would lead you down this path of international recruitment for healthcare jobs, in particular from refugee camps. Can you tell us a little bit about how that worked? Well, as I had mentioned earlier, when I was just giving a brief overview of Pictou County, it really is a big community and everyone works so well together and is so collaborative. So we were very fortunate. Our local REN, which is the Regional Enterprise Network here in Pictou County, invited Glenhaven Manor and other employers to meet with some international NGOs regarding a potential global recruitment opportunity and also to meet with UNHCR and to connect with the Nova Scotia Office of Immigration and then at the federal level IRCC and look at what were some possibilities through the Canadian Economic Mobility Pathways Project. So we were very lucky to be invited to participate in that conversation. And I think that when we talked earlier, Lisa, I think you saw that for some of the other potential partners, they weren't quite 
as ready to take this leap of faith. Of course, Glenhaven Manor had the international recruitment experience. You guys have done this before through the immigration channels. And I think that gave you a level of comfort. But I'm wondering what in particular you feel may have been holding some of the other businesses and organizations back, whereas perhaps they could have stood to benefit from this initiative as well. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with what you already alluded to is the fact that we do have a longstanding kind of experience with the Nova Scotia Office of Immigration. And certainly we've had great success recruiting internationally. We have at least five years under our belt. So I think that had a lot to do with it. For many people in many organizations or businesses, it is doing something a little different. And I think that it just, there's a lot of paperwork, there are, there are a lot of things you need to learn. And I just think that it was that nervousness that it is something that they're not as familiar with as we were. Of course, that's why we do pilot projects, right? So we can show right. how it works. Right. Absolutely. And for Glenhaven Manor, you know, certainly having that experience recruiting internationally and having great success, that was definitely on our side. In addition to that, we have lots of vacancies. So we had the opportunity to recruit lots because we have a lot of positions that we need to fill. For an employer that maybe has one or two, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. a bit different. So I would say that that really is what shapes us to be able to be in a position to be the lead employer. And having those staffing needs, Lisa, you, that, that's fairly typical of nursing homes, long care facilities across Canada, right? There's a bit of a crunch, there's an aging population, and maybe we don't have as many people coming in to uh, train in those support healthcare positions as we need. That is correct, not just in long-term care, in healthcare in general. Right. So the positions we're recruiting for are the continuing care assistance, which is that first level of care for mm -hmm. a patient certainly very important role in any healthcare facility. And what we are doing when we in, recruit internationally is that we are actually recruiting nurses who are registered nurses in their own country. And they are coming to Canada and working as continuing care assistants with the opportunity to bridge those credentials and actually work as a registered nurse in Canada at some point. So it actually is so great because we get to recruit them as continuing care assistants, which we all need. And then they have that opportunity to become registered nurses in Canada, which we also have a labor shortage there as well. Oh, I didn't realize that. So they're actually qualified as registered nurses in their own countries. Right. Wow. Okay. So tell us about your trip to Kenya. When did this happen and how did it unfold? So, you know, as we were talking about earlier, we had this exciting opportunity, thanks to our regional enterprise network, to participate in this project with some international NGOs. We actually conducted Skype interviews in July of last year, and we interviewed a couple of candidates from Kenya, as well as a couple from Lebanon. And it was so exciting because the caliber of those candidates was amazing. It far exceeded our expectations, their compassion, their talent, their experience, their commitment. And that's when we made the decision that, you know, let's just go to Africa and let's recruit and interview in person and certainly get to meet the international NGO, which is Refuge Point on the ground in Nairobi. So it was a very exciting opportunity and to meet those candidates in person because when you are recruiting and interviewing individuals and making job offers, Offers. You know, it's all about that relationship. And certainly Skype was very valuable. And I know I realize not every employer can fly to Africa, but it was certainly well worth the trip. Did you do some interviews in Nairobi and, and some you went into a refugee camp, Lisa? 
So we did some in Nairobi and at the Refuge Point office, and then we actually went to the UNHCR compound, which is in Dadaab, Garissa County in Kenya. So we were in the UNHCR compound, and those candidates who live in refugee camps came to us, and we interviewed them there. So we were close to the refugee camp. Right. So when you finally get to meet in person, and as you say, that's important, right? Skype is, is good to a point, or Zoom, or whatever platform you're using, but there's nothing quite like meeting in person. What was that like for you to, and what was your impression of these candidates that you interviewed in person? Well, as I said, it certainly well exceeded our expectation. They were outstanding. I mean, the caliber was amazing, and they're competent, qualified individuals. And we have definitely are confident that they can provide outstanding quality care and well-being for our residents, as well as being amazing team members to those staff who already work here. And we think they have the capacity to inspire and motivate our staff. And I I do have to say that our success to date recruiting internationally, we have a 100% retention rate. That's amazing. For the past five years, we have been recruiting internationally, and all of those individuals we've recruited who are part of the Glenhaven Manor team still are here working with us. And that goes to our staff. They have been amazing. They have welcomed them with open arms. They've been very supportive. And really, that's why we've been so successful. That's really an incredible stat. It doesn't get any better than 100% doesn't. <laughs> so you offered some jobs, you made some job offers on the spot in Kenya. So, so what was the reaction? What was the reaction of the candidates when they heard that news? It was, it was a very great reaction, as you can imagine. And certainly from our perspective, it really was a feeling that is so difficult to explain because I actually, I think I'd mentioned to you when we talked earlier, had tears in my eyes when I'm explaining that to them because it's not just a job offer. It is an opportunity for their whole family. So for those candidates, they get to, if they go through all the processes that are required to come to Canada, once they've had this job offer made, their families come with them. So it is changing their lives completely, their lives and their families' lives. And they also get to work in the profession that they've chosen. So they, that was their choice to become a nurse and they have a passion for it. So they get to work just like all of us do in the profession that they wanna work in and they get to make a difference in other people's lives and they get to bring their families with them and they get to go from crisis to safety, which is, mm-hmm. is just an opportunity that is like winning the lottery. I was just gonna say, must be must feel like winning the lottery for them. Yes, and it felt like we were telling them that they won the lottery. Certainly <laughs> it was a great feeling for us. And I think maybe there was a delay in some cases for the news of, um, and there's language barriers, of course, of the families actually realizing that they were going to. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, we actually were fortunate to experience that because we only got to meet the candidates. We interviewed them and then a couple of days later made the conditional job offer. And so for one candidate, he couldn't come in. He was working and he couldn't rearrange his schedule to be there. So Refuge Point decided they could just tell him themselves. And then they had a great idea. What if we asked his wife to come in and you could tell her? So that worked out quite well. She was able to come in later in the day. And she knows English a little bit, but certainly um, not fluent in it. So Refuge Point was there to speak to her in Swahili and explain it. And so they were explaining that he was offered a job and she was very excited. She had tears in her eyes and she was so excited for him that he had this opportunity. And I probably should explain that she has a one and a half year old and she was pregnant, about six months pregnant. And so she was very excited for him. And then she asked a couple of questions and you, and I had a sense, even though I don't speak Swahili, but just by her body language and the way she was framing her words asking if at some point there may be the opportunity for his family to join him 
And certainly that's when Refuge wow. Point explained to her that you're going with them. So it was so exciting to see that she was happy for him and that he had this opportunity, not even being selfish and thinking about her and her child and her unborn baby. She thought they had to stay in Nairobi. Wow. And a quick shout out now to our sponsor, ExploreNet. Sometimes it seems like rural Canadians get forgotten when we see big developments in technology like 5G internet. But what's different with ExploreNet is that they focus only on providing internet services in rural areas. And they're going to bring the latest 5G-ready technology to rural Canada even before the cities get it. ExploreNet keeps almost 1 million rural Canadians connected to what matters most. And they've been a champion for rural Canada for more than 15 years. Learn more at ExploreNet.com. That's X-P-L-O-R-N-E-T dot com. So her reaction, she she must have been overjoyed. She was overjoyed. She had lots of tears in her eyes then when she, when she got that news. And, and Pictou County is, you know, many people have been through Pictou County or, or there might be some listeners who've lived there before, but it's a very welcoming community. And this strikes me also, Lisa, as a, as a tremendous thing for Pictou County in terms of having these new families. There's going to be kids in the school system. You know, there's a lot of concern like other areas of rural Canada about uh, declining school enrollments. These people are going to be active contributors to the community. Absolutely. So it is going to grow our population. In addition, many of them are bringing well-educated, talented partners with them. So I don't know all of their qualifications, but I know, for example, one of our candidates, his wife is a social worker, another candidate, her husband is an accountant. So certainly the opportunity for other businesses as well when they do arrive. Right. Excellent. And I understand that there is, of course, still a process. We don't want uh, people to think that this is just an overnight thing and it's so easy. Of course, there is a process for these new hires to go through to get here in Canada. When do you hope to have the first of them on the ground with Glenhaven Manor? Yes. So that is a good question. Certainly, they have to follow the same process that any other person immigrating to Canada would have to follow. The difference is for them is that when they do arrive, they will have permanent resident status. So for others who come through the economic stream, they actually can come with a temporary resident status. So they're coming with permanent resident status. So it does take a little bit longer, and that is at the federal level. But certainly we are working very, very closely with our federal counterparts. And we're hoping to have a couple of our candidates here within two to three months would be our hope. But again, processes have to be followed. It's, It's the same as when we interviewed. We interviewed the same as we would interview a candidate here in Canada. We have the same expectations. We check references the same as we do here. So, you know, certainly IRCC has to follow their processes as well. Right. And it'll be interesting to see after they're transitioning into the community and they're, they're working at Glenhaven Manor. I'm sure there's lots of other healthcare facilities across Canada are going to be interested in your success story and how that unfolds. And, you know, there's a big talent pool out there. So hopefully more are going to take advantage of that. I'm sure one of the things, Lisa, as an administrator there that you're conscious of is thinking about their transition to their new lives in Pictou County and in Canada and how you and, and Glenhaven Manor can support that. So what's involved with that process? Well, and again, back to Pictou County being so amazing and that we all work together and we collaborate. We're very fortunate because we have an organization here called Safe Harbor and they have someone who specializes in settlements. So we are working very closely with Safe Harbor. They've been very successful at settling other newcomers who have come through the humanitarian stream. So certainly we will be working closely with Safe Harbor. We also have YREACH. And we have access to ISANS as well. So certainly when we're looking at the language barrier for family members or we're looking at settling children in school or daycare, 
and also settling in the community, building friendships, finding out where everything is in Pictou County, we have access to all of that. So we're very, very lucky. Yeah, I've always had the impression that in Pictou County, this, especially in the last 10 or 15 years, the social service organizations, the community service organizations in that area are very strong, very well organized. Yes. No, we're very fortunate. And we actually provide housing for our newcomers. So we do have two houses that are strategically located. So they're close to Glenhaven Manor so that our newcomers can walk to work. Because when you relocate, a car is not something that's first on your list to purchase. So making it easy for them to get to work, as well as providing them with that soft landing so that when they come here, they know they have a home. It's all fully furnished and they go in and then can live there for, you know, six months until they look at where they would like to live. So we have that available and Safe Harbor is looking at having their office right in one of our homes to make it that much easier to help settle our newcomers. Oh, that's a creative approach. Excellent. And, you know, I'm struck by how big this talent pool could potentially be with, with so much human migration happening around the globe and so many people displaced. There are millions of refugees around the world today. So how do you see that talent pool that exists among them for healthcare positions that we need to fill in Canada? And, you know, maybe this is it's going to go bigger where other sectors are starting to look at this talent pool. Yes, I think it's open to any industry or any sector, definitely. So there's about 71 million refugees, displaced migrants, or asylum seekers in the world. And I would think that there are certainly lots of them that are more than willing and able to come and fill any of our labor shortages. So of the candidates we interviewed, we actually interviewed five via Skype, and we made four job offers. And then when we went to Kenya, we interviewed 12, and we offered jobs to all of them except one. So there were only two candidates in our round of interviews that we didn't offer jobs to. And that wasn't because of their ability. It was because their English, they just needed to work on it a little bit more. We didn't think they would pass the English test. But they are busy working on that. They're taking some courses to be able to speak and write English you know, in a way that would allow them to pass that test. So out of all those candidates, we don't have that success when we interview candidates usually. No. It's pretty high. That's, you know, 92 or 94%. Rate. Yeah, I've never heard of a, a job offer rate that high. That's incredible. So I would say that for other sectors or other industries, they would have that same ability to, you know, have access to some very talented experienced, well-educated individuals. And Refuge Point and Talent Beyond Boundaries, those are the two NGOs, certainly very, very important in helping us get those resumes. So they've already done some of that pre-screening, right? They know what we're looking for. And they certainly, you know, provided us with access to those candidates with that caliber of experience and knowledge. And right. Benefits. And where do things stand now, Lisa, with the pilot project? Is there um, an opportunity that this might be rolled out to other sectors and other employers? A absolutely. That is the plan. So again, it, you know, here in Pictou County, we're so lucky. We're working very closely with the Regional Enterprise Network with Sarah McIntosh Wiseman. She is the CEO. And her, her office is, is keeping track of so many pieces along the way so that it can be replicated. And that is the goal. The goal is mm -hmm. to, to replicate this in other places, certainly here in Nova Scotia and Canada and throughout the world, because this is the first time globally that this has happened to this extent with this critical mass. There are about, I believe, four individuals who have been placed in Canada, but they've been one-offs. They've been one individual or family in one area with one employer. So I think there are four. 
And I believe there have been about four to six in Australia, but not this critical mass, certainly in one community like we're doing, and certainly with one employer, that's, that's definitely new. And so we are leading the way. Long-term care in Pictou County are leading the way internationally. <laughs> It's great to hear. And, but it sounds, Lisa, like we really are just starting to scratch the surface, right? We absolutely are. of refugee, you know, talented, skilled refugee recruitment for Canada. It is. It absolutely. We have found a golden ticket, we believe, and certainly making sure that we do everything right along the way. And, right. and as I said, the REN, making sure that they keep track of every piece of this process because we want to be able to replicate it for others. Absolutely. So on that note, how do you think your counterparts at other long-term care facilities and, and similar healthcare facilities across Canada, and maybe even other organizations who are struggling to fill positions, how can they take their first steps to explore this kind of recruiting path? And maybe, you know, based on your experience, how would you suggest that they get started? And maybe you have some advice to share on, um, you know, how it can be a rewarding experience for them and avoiding some pitfalls. Sure. Well, as far as the global project that we're working on at this point, there are probably some things that they need to just wait until we, we finalize that and work through those right. processes. Because certainly working with our provincial counterparts and federal, we're looking at what are the best ways to do this. But I would say just do it as far as immigration goes. Just, right. you know, certainly look at recruiting internationally. And so when you get a candidate who applies, who's from another country, it certainly does take time, but invest the time to go through that process and get to know the immigration requirements, you know, at the provincial level. And I have to say the Nova Scotia Office of Immigration has been amazing. They have been most helpful, certainly to our employee relations specialist, Janice Jordan, as she's been, you know, going through this journey for the past five years. It has taken a lot of her time but not without lots of support from NSOI. And I'm, I, I think I was looking at some stats just this morning. I came across something on social media about how um, five or 10 years ago, there was a lot of concern about Nova Scotia's economy. And, and a lot of the turnaround that's happened, there are some positive numbers now in, in many areas, is because of immigration, right? The province has embraced immigration. And, you know, it's such a benefit to our communities. And certainly here at Glenhaven Manor, it has made us so diverse. It has just made us that much more successful because we are diverse. Prior to going down the immigration route, you know, we didn't have a lot of diversity in our organization. And we are so diverse now. And it's just so fulfilling. And it just certainly makes us an organization that's that much more successful for our staff and for our residents and families. It's a wonderful success story, Lisa, and we're so happy that you're able to take some time this morning. I know you have a busy, uh, big, big facility there uh, to look after and that you took some time for Rural Spark this morning. We're very grateful. And uh, maybe after some of your new recruits get settled in and are, are part of the community, um, we'd love to have one of them on for uh, a chat about their experience and how it worked up from that side of the equation. That sounds great, and we would love to be able to organize that for you. Terrific. Well, thanks, Lisa, and uh, you folks have a great day uh, down in Pictou County, and we'll talk again soon. All right. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. And thanks to all of you for joining us this week. The Rural Spark team includes content producer Catherine Murphy and technical producer Tara Seabarth. Music by Jason Shaw. We wish you all the very best for the week ahead in your part of rural Canada. <laughs>